Up next on Inside the SCCA, the SCCA National Convention. Up next on Inside the SCCA, our first live broadcast. I'm Brian Belansky. And uh, we talked about it for a while. We're going to go live here now, hopefully as many weeks as possible. Um, this may uh, change up here in a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about that as well in a minute. Um, my guest on this episode is uh, Chris Robbins from the SCCA. He is the um, SCCA's Director of Region Development. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. How are you, Brian? I'm doing really well. Doing really well. Welcome to the first live show. Thanks. This is exciting. It is exciting. Um, as I was saying before I popped you up on the screen here, uh, it's our first live episode, and um, uh, and uh, we're going to go live as often as possible in this time slot of 9 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesdays. Now, why I say as often as possible, um, we've talked about this a little bit. I have been asked by the SCCA to be one of the announcers for the Super Tour series. And uh, because of that, I might have to travel on some Wednesday nights to get to the racetrack in time for, um, you know, me being all the way out on the the the, the left coast here. Um, I, I may have to. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles, and uh, Chris is coming to us from Evergreen, Colorado. We'll talk about that in a second, too. But, um, but yeah, so I, I'll, I come from the West Coast. So in order to get there for Thursday, I actually leave on Wednesday sometimes. So we may not be live every Wednesday, but we're going to be live on a lot of Wednesdays, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, uh, I've, I've talked about doing this. I've said I'm going to do it, and this is not exactly what the setup is going to be. I'll tell everybody right now, but I, it's one of those things, Chris, you've done projects where if you just wait for everything to be right in line, the project either never gets started, and if you wait for it to be perfect, it never gets done, right? Sounds like racing. Doesn't it? It sounds like a national convention, I bet. It, it really does. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So I, I, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, I really am. And I'm looking forward to um, our chat here. We start every conversation on Inside the SCCA the same way. And uh, I've warned you a little bit about this. So, But uh, I don't always warn the guests how I start this. But if you listen, everybody knows. Um, yeah. And I and I hope you have it. If you have it, don't say that's okay. <laughs> but, I have, uh, I have. I've listened to almost all of yours. Oh, that's fantastic. That's good yeah. to hear. Um, so so how how did you become a car guy? Let's start with that. That that's one of my favorite uh, things to talk about. My my dad was a car guy from a young man, and growing up in the fifties in Oklahoma City, there wasn't a, a lot other stuff to do. So uh, he worked for his uncle's uh, Pontiac dealership and then went to work for Scott Chevrolet. And while he was at Chevrolet, from 58 to about 68, he owned a couple of, uh, he had a 63 split window, 327 four-speed Corvette. He had a 65 327, and he had a the mother of all uh, Corvettes, a 67 427 435 horse. Uh, so I just fell in love with sports cars. Uh, you know, a lot of my friends in school, high school were, uh, were into drag racing. I was into road racing. Um, he took my brother and me from Oklahoma City up to Ponca City, Oklahoma, to the Ponca City Grand Prix, which was a real road course around Lake Ponca or next to Lake Ponca along the park roads uh, with hay bales and water barrels. Uh, the SCCA Firecracker Grand Prix uh, was there until Hallett was built. 
And uh, we went up there when I was, you know, probably six, seven, eight, nine years old, 10 years old. Uh, and that's how I got my love for cars. Okay. And, and from there, how did you get to, how did you get to um, racing and all of that kind of stuff? The SCCA. Well, of course, I fell in love with the, with the big block A production and B production and Corvettes and Camaros back in the day. I loved watching them what, race against Cobras and things like that. And then my dad left Chevrolet, the Scott Chevrolet dealership in Oklahoma City in 1968 and went to work for a Volkswagen dealership. And I don't think I spoke to him for like a month. I was so mad that I wasn't going to have any, you know, big block Corvettes in my life anymore. And then he came home one day in this little bitty flattened looking Volkswagen called a Porsche. Huh. And uh, suddenly, suddenly I was a small bore guy. And so as I grew up and uh, started looking at driving myself, we went to some autocrosses, which was still fairly new-ish uh, in the Oklahoma City area. I was, uh, he was a member of the, the Warbonnet uh, Porsche Club and also the uh, Oklahoma region uh, of the SCCA. And uh, we used to go to autocrosses all the time. And then he took me to the, I guess it was the very first in 1973, SCCA Solo Two National Championships. And it's somewhere in, in Kansas or Missouri, and I, I can't remember exactly where it is. I, I know uh, Rocky Entrican has it in his book. Um, but I was in, that, was, that was it. So as soon as I got my license, I started autocrossing, and the rest was, uh, the rest was as they say, history. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, and... Have you done anything other than autocrossing, or is that been where you've kind of primarily sat? Yeah, in you know the, the the car you see behind me, I bought in. It's an 06 Mazda MX-5, and I bought it in early, like January, February of 07. It was a leftover from the previous year, first year NC third gen, uh, and I'd sold my motorcycle, which my wife was super happy about. I right. had a, a a Buell that I used to lean over way too far in corners on. Sold that and got back into uh, four wheels and I uh, had to have a convertible to feel that open open air thing again. So I, I, I knew I would autocross it. Uh, after a couple of years, I took it to the track a few times to uh, uh, Eagle Canyon near Decatur. I was living in, in Dallas at the time uh, in Decatur, Texas, and went out there and I just I fell in love. And so in 2018, when the SCCA restarted their time trials program, I knew that was the direction I was going to go. And so this car has been kind of a fringe autocross car, but definitely more of a track car. And it became a trailer queen in about 2014. So uh, that was the writing was on the wall. That's all I wanted to do at that point. So um, I, I, I do time trial uh, here locally, which are, my season's much shorter in Colorado. Uh, in Texas, I could go pretty much year round here. It's maybe six months. In fact, there's about 12 inches of snow on the ground outside of my deck right now that I probably should have shoveled. Right, but, right. Yeah. Time trials is awesome. Love it. So what was the impetus for the move to Colorado? Because obviously that doesn't help your racing time with the winter (laughs) weather, unless you like ice racing. Yeah, it was counterintuitive, wasn't it? Well, I retired from Southwest in Southwest Airlines in 2017 and uh, to help my wife get her uh, business off the ground. And we decided um, that we had lived here a couple of times previously during our marriage. And like when we first got married, we lived in Colorado, the Denver area. And then for about seven or eight years, we lived here again in the late eighties, early nineties. And we knew we wanted to come back. So uh, we said she was going to make a a clean cut of it. I had retired from Southwest. Uh, We were already heading to move up here uh, again and start a new business for her. And uh, Mike Cobb said, Hey, you want to come work for me at the SCCA? So uh, it worked out really well that I was able to uh, move to Colorado, uh, work remotely, 
uh, and, uh, and and live where I love and still work where I love and, and help the help the great members of the SCCA. All right. So we're here today to talk a lot about uh, the SCCA convention uh, that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be virtual again this year. Uh, last year, there was a kitschy title for it. Was Is there a kitschy title this year? There is a kitschy title, and it's the third of three. Okay. Uh, you'd almost think we planned this. We had Unite in 2021, which, right. of course, was the very first year of COVID, and uh, we wanted to unite the clan. And also, there was just, you know, let's let's unite under the motor, under motorsports. Let's support all motorsports, because things were looking pretty bleak uh, back then. We had our last live convention in 2020, and right after that uh, was when COVID kind of took over. Uh, the following year was Connect. We wanted to unite the, tr the tribe, connect with each other. And this year, our theme is Engage. And we just feel like uh, Engage like gears, right? Like, let's work together. Let's let's make sure we're powering forward. So it's uh, it's got many, many meanings, some hidden, some not so hidden. But it is about engaging with our members and, and uh, making sure that we're doing the right thing for the club. Cool, cool. Um, every year, the, the convention is based around some keynotes and then some special sessions. And and um, um, and for years, it was in person. And yep. I, I know that a lot of us have missed that camaraderie, that getting together face to face and sharing, you know, beverages, adult and otherwise, and uh, and finding water, <laughs> finding friends that we've maybe not seen and talked to in a long time. Yeah. We're, we're not live this year in person. We're live a lot, we're but live. not in person. Yeah. Um, and talk talk to us just a little bit about that thought process. It was really a challenge to have to make the decision in the first place. We knew it it was out of necessity in 21. Um, the I mean, the hotels were pretty much shut down even in 22, uh, in January of 22. Leading up to that, nobody was really certain what was going to happen during the year. And in fact, it's only been in the last couple of months, and we we plan these a year in advance. Right, it's like the runoffs. It's like solo nationals. You don't you don't wait until a month before and say, "Hey, let's do this." There's there's a cadence, and we did some surveying, and we were not confident that we would have enough people to pay for the event. Um, we have a fairly low registration fee. It's been in the two seventy five to three fifty range for a number of years, ever since I've been here, and. The club spends between one hundred and fifty and two hundred thousand dollars to put the event on in Las Vegas. Wow! And so every year it was a it was a loser. And now we decided that it was an investment in our members to do it. But what it came down to, Brian, is the biggest one we had was in twenty twenty, and we had just under five hundred folks in Las Vegas. And since then, at our virtual conventions, we've had we've had an average of a thousand for the last two years. So two things happened. One. People weren't spending their money to travel. We made it free. More people showed up and we extended the time frame. So instead of having, you know, eight sessions happening at once in this madhouse where people had to choose which session to go to, they could, they could, you know, stick around and maybe pick and choose. And we've been uh, putting all of our sessions on video. And so they've all been available fairly shortly um, after the session was live. Right. And those are still available today from 21 and 22 on scca.com. So uh, it, it kind of just made sense that 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 we did this uh, one more year. Again, we weren't confident that we would get enough people to manage the cost. And we definitely reach more people by doing it this way. Sure. Um, 
that's that being said, that's not it's not maybe the last thing you'll hear about the live convention. So. Right, right, right. So w- what's the um, what's your highlight thing when you look at the schedule for the convention this year? Um, and you don't have to say the sessions you're in. <laughs> <laughs> but what's your um <laughs> why not <laughs> well but you can uh we'll yeah. talk about the sessions you're in but in addition okay. to the sessions you're in i'll, I'll get you off the hook yeah. i'll let you yeah. off the hook um what what do you when you look at the schedule and you go okay i want to circle that one i well and of course i get to attend almost all of them at, at, in one form or another i right. get to attend either as a moderator uh helping abby uh, who's just marvelous she took, took this over last year for the first time um, we have a few other people that help out, uh, being moderators. And, uh, so I get to see many of them and I get to see all of them at some point or another, because I put them all to video and then put them on our system. Okay. But that said, I think the keynotes are really exciting this year. We have, uh, we have, uh, a, gen- a gentleman coming to us from England live during our, during our convention. His name is, um, Harry Sherrard. Okay. And he is a historian and talks about the Goodwood revival and the Festival of Speed, but how Goodwood in England, which was a military base, and they raced around the perimeter. That's what the track was, right? Um, back in the uh, in the in the late '30s and early '40s, how that impacted the SCCA, and how really some of the people that were there brought those cars back, and uh, and that's where the SCCA came from. So he has a a good deal, a good time of uh, of uh, sharing that with us, and some some really interesting, I think, insightful things about how the SCCA began. Right, uh, right, yeah. So that's exciting. And I don't think a lot of people know, or or maybe they do, and I'm I'm underestimating how how much we 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 reach out and and look at some of these things. Um, yeah. I I don't think a lot of people know how much Goodwood, and let's say our runoffs, kind of parallel each other. You know, um, I, I would suggest that Goodwood is the largest um, motor racing festival in in England, for sure, probably yeah. in Europe, um, just like the SCCA has more cars at one event at the runoffs. than I think any competition in the in North America um, and I might be wrong. So I'm from sure a road I, race, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I think from so from a solo standpoint. Right. Uh, more people at solo nationals but yeah and then you've got the parallels between solo nationals at a a airport and goodwood started at an airport um and you know and and back in the day almost all road racing was done on military bases same thing here a lot of military bases hosted the scca and uh so it's that's a really interesting little session that that they've put you guys have put together for that yeah that's going to be a neat a neat connection i think he's got some what we've we've seen uh listen to some of the stuff he's done. Uh, and he just, he called us up and said, Hey, is there a chance for me to come and talk to you guys? We're like, heck yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we, we scheduled time for him and he's, uh, let's, I've got my calendar up here. He's on Monday, the 23rd, uh, from two to three thirty central time. So all the times that are in the, or maybe that's, maybe that's, I'm sorry, that's in the, uh, yeah, that is in central time. Uh, so, uh, so watch for Harry Sherrard, Goodwood and the SCCA on Monday, January the 23rd. Right. That'd be very exciting. All right. So, and that was one thing we talked about last year. Um, (laughs) You said central time. (laughs) Yep. The schedule's in central time. So for those of us who aren't in central time, we have to do some time conversions. Um, You can actually do it on the Whova app. It will adjust it for you. If you put your time zone in there, it'll make that adjustment for you. Cool. 
That's awesome. So you don't miss anything. And that Whova app was really cool last year, I have to say. There was, was a really nice uh, – I don't know if we had that the first year they did this. Um, but Because I think the first one was kind of thrown together really fast. Because it it kind of was. We, did, we used Whova as just a connection app during the 2019 convention for the very first time. And we still did our live sessions, but we had – the Whova app was a way to, for people to connect, to chat with each other, kind of a social media uh, addendum you know, right. piece that was a part of the thing. And then in 2020, it was used even more extensively. Uh, but in 21, it became the thing that we broadcast all of our, our sessions through. And yeah, 21 was uh, was a challenge because it was kind of, oh, crap. <laughs> now what? Yeah, we, we got to do it. You know, we got to do it. So yeah. I, by the way, I think you're doing a couple of uh, you're, you're uh, moderating a couple of, uh, of our keynote keynote things too right i know we have dennis dean and yep. we have uh, matt busby uh, who used was at ncm and he's now at thunderhill is going to come in and chat with us uh the 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 the, the rumor is john doonan is back yes yes so that's exciting so john doonan is a great lover of the of the scca absolutely absolutely you know he he's maybe one of the most um influential uh contributors to our road racing program when he was at Mazda and, you know, created uh, or was part of the program that, uh, you know, you can see the commercials, more Mazdas are raced every weekend around the world. Well, a lot of that's because of, of spec Miata and, and, and what John has done. So the MX five cup. Yeah. I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to be asked last year to be able to, uh, if I could help out. And um, I was able to, to host three last year. One of them was with John Doonan and uh, we had a great time and I'm sure we'll have another great chat again. And, uh, and that's going to be, we we think it's going to be Sunday, the 22nd. That has not been Mm -hmm. all locked down yet, Um, but we'll get those dates out when the time comes. And then also uh, I'm going to be sitting down with Eric Prill and Dennis Dean and uh, talk a little bit about all of the stuff that he does. I love the title, The International Man of Stewarding. Right. <laughs> We're going to have to get, like, you know, one of those uh, International Man of Mystery uh, memes right. get up right. for, for him. But, uh, and uh, we had a, I had a real nice conversation with him uh, about the um, SCCA Foundation and the uh, Hall of Fame. So I'm sure we'll chat about that somewhere in that conversation as well. And then, uh, as you said, uh, Matt Busby, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know Matt. There are very few people in this business um, that I haven't had a chance to connect with. And um, uh, I look forward to catching up with Matt and talking with him a little bit. Um, yeah. So so what are well, the – moving... Oh, go ahead. I was going to – moving from a, a, a track that was, that was so wonderful for us to host Time Trials Nationals, uh, and still uh, at NCM Motorsports Park, and then the devastation they had last year uh, because of the tornado. Right. Uh, and I know he was a, he was a big part of that, a big part of the cleanup, and started to move things back in the right direction. And an opportunity was offered to him to uh, to go out to Thunder Hill, and so that's where he's moved. So he's not uh, not that far from you, a little bit north. And um, so that's uh, that's kind of exciting that he's that he's still involved, though. He's a he is a, again a very big fan of the SCCA and and uh, helps us a lot. Well, and we love that. I mean, it's without those partners, we really can't do what it is that right. we do, right? Right, right. And and it's become harder and harder over the years. You know, everything's more expensive. Having places ah. to put racetracks is tough to do. And um, uh, it's it's and I don't think 
there's a lot of things we people don't understand about how all of how the sausage is made to go racing. Um, yeah. I mean, people don't understand what it takes to to put, put together an amateur racing team. You talk to I talk right. to my friends. They're like, oh, you go racing. What does that mean? You know, yeah. and they roll their eyes. And now we have YouTube, which God, thank God for YouTube, because before yeah, YouTube really. and, you know, GoPro cameras, I would tell people I'm going racing and they're like, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> and I would say, come on out to the racetrack. Oh, I don't got time. You know, I'm going racing. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you yeah. know, but now we've got we've got video evidence. You know, they say if it doesn't right. happen on Instagram, it didn't happen. Well, now it can happen on Instagram. And people are like, what? You do this? I'm like, well, I've been telling you this for 35 you years. What do you think? Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm not lying to you. Um, yeah. But it's kind of similar with with what it takes to put on a race. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have been on the worker side of the club for a long time, and I was a flag chief in New York for a while. And uh, there isn't the only specialties I haven't done is I've never been a steward, and I'm sure they're going to get my hooks their hooks into me for that eventually. Yeah, I'm um, writing your name down now. I know, I know, and I've never been um I've never been a um I've never done sound, which is odd because I've done radio since I was like what 18. But wow. um, but everything else in the club I've done, and but I. Uh, since I came out here to Cal Club and I've gotten to know CeCe Smith and Mark Smith, the the people who are um, kind of the nuts and bolts people to put together our races out here, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really understand everything that went into the months and months. My, my working for the club started on Saturday or maybe on Friday and ended on Sunday of a yeah. race weekend. Um, yeah. And I knew that, you know, obviously you register, and but I didn't get all of the rest of that. You know, it's an amazing number of hands and feet and, that are, and brains that are involved, you know, contracts and insurance. And, you know, do we have enough Gatorade and, you know, simple things that are we take for granted, you know, yeah. standing on a corner. I, I take for granted that there's going to be a cooler full of water and Gatorade. Yeah. You know, someone's got to do that. It, it yeah. just doesn't show up on race day. And um, uh, there's just so much of that go, that goes into it. So. When I get a chance to learn a little bit more about the business side of it, and I think it's enlightening to the, the membership for that kind of thing, right? Yeah, it is. You know, and it was it was funny for for years. People would say, "What do you do?" And I said, "I work for Southwest Airlines." And the the first question was, "Are you a pilot?" Mm. And it, and gender stereotypes being what they are, absolutely. I was a pilot, and the young lady was a flight attendant. So right. it was one of those two things. That's that's the only. But that's what customers see. That's what the the people that walk on board the plane, they might recognize that somebody was at that ticket counter or at that gate or at that that ops operations that checked you in. But pilots and flight attendants are what they think of. Right. You have no idea of the ten thousand people that Southwest has at headquarters doing things like marketing and finance and scheduling. And of course, they had the the stuff blow up this past week. Uh, started with weather and just got just snowballed and got worse. But right. that was that was ten thousand people plus all the pilots and all the flight attendants and the maintenance people trying to make make it right. Right. Work really hard to that. And you know what? I was at VIR when Ian uh, came in this last year. Right. Uh, and working corners, just so like you I. talked about. So, <laughs> so when I go to runoffs, I work corners because I love doing it. Right. And it, it and it puts me there with the people that actually put the events on. I, I really love doing that. Uh, but I was I was informed, hey, you probably ought to get out of town a little bit early because the flights are going to be canceled and delayed. And 
So I had to make some different plans to get out of there before the, the worst of it hit. But uh, yeah, it's, it's nuts. What, what the club does as a volunteer organization, we have a very small staff, 35 people maybe mm. are on staff and we're really just administrators. We just take the, 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 the knowledge that we have and, and make things, we put things together. Right. It's like building, you know, building card decks or building uh, uh, domino walls and things like that. Sure. You hope none of them get pushed over. But uh, there is so much work that goes on behind the scenes that most people that participate have no idea. And we want to make it easy for them so they don't right. have to worry about stuff like that. Right. That's the member experience, I think, is the most important thing that we focus on and has been that that's been that way for a long time. So one of the benefits of not of having a virtual convention mm -hmm. is the fact that you know, I always thought of the convention, and I'll be honest, I've never been to an, a live in-person convention. You know, it was, I spent all of my money going to races, and yep. um, I was not, am not, still aren't, independently wealthy. And <laughs> and the convention when I was back east, because I grew up in the Midwest, and I, you know, lived all up and down the East Coast, it was always in Las Vegas, typically. Right. I think it was always in Las Vegas. And I just didn't have the time or the money. I didn't have the vacation time because I spent that racing. I didn't have the money because I spent right. that racing. So I never went. Um, right. And and I would say that there's a lot of people that fall into that category. Yeah. And I always thought the people who went to conventions were just the people that run the club, run the regions. Yeah. And in a lot of the cases, that was true because there was a yeah. lot of really good information on how to make your, your region better. Now, with the virtual convention, everybody has an opportunity. And by the way, folks, it's free. Yeah. I think we buried the lead. Yeah. There's, there's no cost. We're just now saying that. Yeah, I, I, we should have started with this. And also, real quick, before we I continue, uh, remember at the top of the, the show, um, I said that this was, if if you you wait till you're ready, it's never going to start. Yeah. So I, I have a technical problem that I can't fix while we're live. So this oh. is not... This is not going to be the first live stream that worked. It's going to be the first attempt at the live stream. So if anybody's listening and may have tuned in, I it was an audio problem that I can't fix while we're chatting. So and rather than than take up Chris's time and start over, which we don't want to do, we'll fix it. And <laughs> our first live show will be after Sebring because <laughs> I won't have time to fix it before Sebring. So but anyway, so the convention is free. You don't have to pay yep. a penny if you're a member. You've already paid for your convention dues because you're a member. And right. so there's no there's no reason not to sign up. Even if you can't attend the convention sessions live, you'll be able to watch them on the archive, I think, forever, right? As long as though as long as YouTube will let us keep the, the playlist up, yeah. So what I was what I was getting at is that if if in the past, because it was in person, a lot of the people who went were region members and not necessarily participants as not region. Exe executives and, Leaders, yeah. and management, the your board of directors and your the the twenty five percent of the 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 region members who do the ninety five percent of the work right. that doesn't involve the actual competition. Um, yeah. Were those were the ones who went to the convention, and now everyone can see every single session. And I hope that the participants who don't run the regions who don't run the races take some time to watch some of these sessions so you have a little bit of an appreciation of the hard work that the volunteers um yeah. most regions don't have a paid staff member 
They're all volunteer yeah. run. A couple of them are lucky enough to have maybe one regional uh, staff member who gets paid. Um, um, but mostly volunteers. Hopefully people who don't do that work will take maybe an hour or two over the next couple of months and watch a session or two about what goes into putting on these events. And then when things don't go maybe 100% perfectly, or maybe when you think you've been wronged because something didn't work out right for your weekend before you decide to go into full-on beast mode, you'll realize, <laughs> because you understand a little bit more, what the situation is. Yeah. And, um, and it, I have a whole new appreciation after watching some of the sessions from last year, even the ones I wasn't involved with. Um, and, and I would like to think that people might take the chance to do that. You know, the, 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 the number one uh, demographic that we wanted to come and wanted to establish the convention for was those region leaders, especially new region leaders, so that they would come. Now, I'll, I'll tell you this. We have 116 regions. Yeah. We were, we were thankful if 35 to 40 REs came to our event. Right. Uh, we were thankful if another dozen or two uh, program chairs, you know, uh, solo chairs or uh, road racing chairs. We had some race directors come. We had a lot of stewards come. We had a lot of vacationing retired members that were members for 35, 40, 45, 50 years come to the convention because it was the social thing. It's what you did. Right. But, but since going virtual, we've had way more, a, a vastly superior number of of uh, our new folks, especially, come and attend and watch those things. And the best news is, even though it runs all week and we have sessions all day, you can go back and watch those. Yes. And they're on our YouTube channel. You can access them on scca.com through the member account portal under my learning. Um, so all that stuff, the, the 21 and 22 convention are still there. And you can go and look at playlists and see, okay, this is leadership. I need to look at these eight sessions. Or this is about autocross. And there's the one on site acquisition that I want to watch. Uh, absolutely, there's there's ways to go about and do that. And I think that we've we've done a better job with our leadership, right? A better job with our membership by doing this. We still have the people that that say, "I really wish it was live and in person." Um, and I'll tell you that, uh, that two years ago, when we were asking the board, because this really is a board of directors event, it's in our right. bylaws. It's 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 their decision. It's not the staff's decision. Uh, we support whatever decision they make and we'll execute it. But but they said that uh, they would also like to have a live version, but they knew the cost was pretty high and we just weren't, you know, we we, we weren't doing badly money-wise, but we sure weren't doing great. Sure. <laughs> like almost anybody else wasn't doing great at that during point. these COVID years. And they said, if we can get together every five years and have kind of a, a milestone anniversary mm -hmm get together, then maybe that's what we do. So be on the lookout in 2024, in January of 2024, uh, a year from now, that may be the next time we have a live opportunity. That does not mean we will not still have stuff video stream. Right. Right. Yeah. That's I, the, we, we can't put enough sessions on or have enough people travel to wherever we have it to, to make the, make the dollars work. So uh, right. we want to give people that opportunity, but it's going to be maybe more of a celebration uh, and things like that. And then we'll still have our sessions online. So that's, that's kind of what we're leaning towards. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. 
Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armor All products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor All. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. A hybrid event might be a, the best the best mm-hmm. of all worlds. Maybe have it even be a short weekend where it's maybe a yeah. three-day event live and then do the rest of the events so you still get that face-to-face. Um, yeah. A couple of other things I was thinking, you know, the nice part about having it virtual is you can you can show up in your jammies with a, a, a glass or a bottle of your favorite red. Um, I, Brian, I think we had a couple of people show up last year that forgot. Oh, that their they camera the was on. Right. <laughs> Maybe showed up with a little bit less than they should have. And and, and I <laughs> funny that I didn't even think about that. Um, and 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 one of the things um, is you could also interact with a lot of the sessions. Yes. You know, uh, one of the great things was, and Abby was awesome for my sessions, is that she was there um, on the backside doing all of the work. But uh, yeah. she was able to send me a text with the uh, questions that were being asked on on the uh, on the chat that I couldn't see. Yep. And um, and I was able to ask those questions and get the, the members involved with that. And um, and uh, we had a few sessions that weren't live last year. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's fewer of those last year, if this year, if any, because uh, one of the folks um, or one of the I guess one of the the feedback was that people wanted to see more live than than recorded sessions. Yeah. And I think one of the problems that maybe we 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 made them look more live than they were and then there wasn't interaction um cuz yeah. cuz we're really good at making things look live. Um but uh it'll be more forward, you know, if there is a, a recorded session so that people don't, you know, realize what there and then maybe they can not watch it later on and not necessarily right. try to tune in because they think it's going to be live. Um right. but the interaction is there which I think is fantastic. And and you're right. It gives people a chance to interact who would never probably be able to go to a convention anyway. There's there's two different formats we use. One is called webinar. One's called meeting. And right. meeting, like any Zoom meeting, has all the blocks on the on the screen. And then maybe somebody shares their their screen, and you still have people that can chime in. Uh, or maybe we mute people for a certain amount of time, and then we open it up for Q and A. Uh, a couple of years ago, I did like a 45 minute session, and then I did a session right after that. That was a open Q&A meeting. So we had the, a webinar where people saw what we were talking about. We were able to give the whole presentation, kind of like from a stage. Right. And then we had open dialogue and Q&A afterwards. And that worked out pretty well, too. So we, we've, we've learned, there have been some, some good uh, lessons learned, some best practices that we've developed. And, and here's another thing that we haven't talked about yet. There are a couple of other events that are going to be live streamed. And the, and these are some special stuff. We've got our, our, our award ceremonies, which are going to be live stream on on two on Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central is the Road Racing Awards. Yeah, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't glance over Mike's Mike's crowning achievement, the annual meeting. That's at seven o'clock. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I look at annual meeting and my my eye starts to bleed. But no, the annual <laughs> meeting's got great information. Um, yeah. definitely want to show up for that with, with, uh, with, uh, with Peter and Mike and Andy. Then after that is the road racing awards. Then the official convention, uh, convention kickoff is Friday again with Mike and, and then, but one of the highlights and I, so I, I was a history major in college for a while. Oh yeah. And as a journalist, I kind of consider myself as the, the, the writer of the first draft of history. 
And so, and and I love motorsports history. So if you're anything like me, show up on Friday at 7 p.m. Central and, and, and hook up for the Hall of Fame presentation and um, we've already, I think they've already announced who the Hall of Fame winners yeah. are or, or, or honorees. Um, yeah. You don't really win a Hall of Fame spot. You right. earn it. And, right. uh, and, and as, as p- someone who was part this year for the first time of the process of nominating and selecting the Hall of Fame members, it is exhaustive what, what we go through yeah. to come up with the folks. And the thing that bugs the living dickens out of me after the, my first time as being on part of the process are the fantastic people who we were are, didn't get honored. Um, there's so many important and impressive people who are part of the club and we only honor a certain handful of them every year. And um, the ones that were passed up, if you put out nominees were not passed by because they weren't worthy uh, by any stretch Absolutely. of the imagination. And, um, and that's why we do it every year. So we'll, we'll take yeah. a look at those folks again. Um, but that's yeah. going to be fantastic. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll have some story. That's story time one hundred and one. You know, it, it completely is one hundred percent. It's uh, the the very first convention I went to was in Las Vegas, and uh, I know there it's been around. It was in San Antonio for a while. It's been it's actually occurred on a train. Okay. Believe it or not, they had a meeting in one car, and they ran, I had a runner like ran back and told this other car what was going on, and <sighs> came back up. And, yeah, it was the craziest thing ever. That's but cool. it was actually on a train. It's been on a cruise ship. They, 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 yeah, they I remember that. I, so yeah, I'll join the cruise ship. But uh, I was in Las Vegas and I was there the year it was the very first one I went to. It must have been 14, 15, 16, and, and, uh, must have been 14 or 15. And, uh, Carol Shelby was, uh, was brought into the Hall of Fame. And I thought, this is the coolest thing ever. Yep. And of course, his family was there to accept, uh, uh, with him not there, but it was so neat to see that. And then, of course, then Ford versus Ferrari comes out. Right. You know, a couple of years ago, and I was just on the edge of my chair because that was my time. Right? Yeah. That's when I was, you know, a kid that was just so connected to all this stuff. So it was pretty neat. Well, and, and the greatest uh, honor Carol Sharp Shelby ever earned that he does didn't even know he earned is that in the room next door is a black lab named Shelby. So oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> See? it made it all worth it right there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. Shelby is definitely named for, for Carol Shelby. That's just awesome. just scrolling through some of the other ones and and I'm just picking out things that pop up in my in, in my viewpoint here um, not to discount any of the other programs uh, but they're all worth taking a look at sponsorship for drivers and teams on um, scrolling back up Saturday at mm-hmm. um, uh, 8 p.m with Alex Stryler and and Dan Dennehy Rodriguez I've had the opportunity to work with Dan this year uh, one yeah. And and the quality of the folks who are working on behalf of us at the club is so high. And yes. Dan is one of those people who is just killing it, doing great work to get us our, our member partners and everything. Um, he really understands how to work with partners. Has taught me a lot um, uh, on that regard to be able to get folks to help me sponsor the podcast. So um, it's awesome. if you can tune into that, he, he's got some great ideas. I'm sure they're going to have that. All the different town halls for all the different uh, uh, specialties and all the different uh, programs are throughout the week. Um, yeah. So you can tune into the ones that you're interested in there. Uh, sponsorship for regions. Again, Dan's working on that program as well. Um, 
the probably most important and and most boring sounding uh, program is insurance and risk management. Um, uh, that's always, you know, it's an important thing. I'm sure more so for the region leadership than it is for the rest of us. Um, it's huge, but you know what? I, I, I hear stories occasionally, you know, somebody posts on Facebook or an Instagram or somewhere that, that they got injured yep. and here's how the club took care of them. And yep. that cannot be, that cannot be overstated. Um, it's phenomenal. Uh, what we, and what our insurance does for our members. Uh, and that's why we, we, we want people to be, um, full members, but we want them to be weekend members if they aren't going to join for on a full time right. basis, uh, because no no coverage happens when there's a when when you're a, a, a what is it called a trial member exactly so um yeah yeah so and Monday at three thirty central if you ever get sent to the principal's office um <laughs> that's uh that would be with Chris he's the one who he is the principal and uh, and uh, yeah I hate I hate that. I, <laughs> I love uh, I love Peyton Manning, and they called him the sheriff wherever he was. And of course, I'm a I'm a Denver fan because that's where I live. And he was here and won Super Bowl Fifty, and so um, I I didn't really want to be the sheriff. But um, I think most people would agree that over the years, um, incivility has become a bigger thing, disrespect has become a bigger thing, and the 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 public was starting to bleed over into the club, and we had to to put a couple of things in place to kind of say, hey, wait, hang on. You know, somebody said to me, but this is you're you're encroaching on my freedom of speech. I said, you still have the freedom of speech. That's about the the government grants you that. But organizations and businesses can still tell you, I'm sorry, you can't wear that T-shirt on our airplane. Right. Or you can't you can't come in with no shirt and no shoes. Right. You know, so they can do that kind of stuff. And the same thing goes with with our speech. If we're if we're being demeaning, degrading uh, to each other, um, then then we probably need to have a conversation and, and figure out what the best right. thing to do is. Right. Um, yeah. Two other things that I really encourage people to check out are on Monday evening, um, 4 p.m. No, I'm sorry, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific and or uh, Central. Then right after it at six, uh, the SCCA Foundation and Women on Track yes. sessions. Um, I didn't even realize there was an SCCA Foundation until I started a podcast. Um, which means we need to get the word out more because I'm pretty connected with the club and 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 uh, they do some really cool things. They're connected with the Women on Track program, which yep. I had the honor of highlighting and working with last year. We did the Women on yep. Track awards at the at the runoffs. The uh, inside the SCA podcast awards, Women on Track were one of the four awards we gave out, and um, uh, we're going to do something special this year. Um, last year, Women on Track honored 30 women in the club in the month of March, which is um, National Women's Month. And yeah. um, I'm, we're going to try to interview as many of this year's honorees as possible uh, and have those podcasts throughout the month of March. So it'll be That's phenomenal. Ma- Ma- March will be cool. We're not going to do just our weekly podcast. I'm going to try to do 30 mini podcasts in the month of March honoring every one of the women on track honorees or as many of, as many of them as I can get scheduled in. And um, that is great. And you, you mentioned March, that is kind of the end of the convention season. Also, right. I'm not sure if you do that. So we do our national convention, the 19th through 27th. Then we, then we wait a week and then we go to the Southeast division, the CDIV uh, convention. 
And then we actually, a week at the end of our very first kickoff weekend of national, the Rocky Mountain Division's having their award ceremony. I'll be there for that. Then we have the CDIV convention, and then we have uh, NEDIV, and we have we have three in a row on consecutive weekends. Then we skip a week, then we go to another one. We skip a week, and we go to the fifth one. And so those 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 divisional conventions that we have of the five divisions that put them on, that's people's opportunity to go press the flesh. Right. So if they can't go to Las Vegas or wherever else we might have this thing on a train or in San Antonio somewhere, uh, at the bottom of the ocean, uh, then they can go to their divisional convention and still, you know, see all their friends and stuff. And that's that's a that's a great and, and the national office is spending a lot of time uh, supporting those. And there's like four or five of us going to every one of them. Abby and I will be at every one of them. Right. I, I, we we haven't even scratched the surface, Chris. I'm telling you. I mean, I, I'm just. I, I I did this last year too when I did when I did this with Abby. I, I went in to start the podcast without looking at what was in on the schedule, and I was like, "We've got this. We've got that. We've got this. Oh my gosh! There's this. There's this. There's this." I just did but it wait, again. There's more. Yeah, I did it again. It's like uh, it's like the first time I went to see Huey Lewis in the news, and <laughs> and yes, I'm old. I'll put it there. <laughs> Here, Huey Lewis, please, in, young man. <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news was my first concert. I didn't want to go, and we got about an hour and 45 minutes into it and he'd played every song he played I could sing and I didn't realize yeah. he had that many great songs and then he played for another hour after that it's the same uh, way with this every time I scroll down there's another great segment here um, oh, I love it. and uh, but yeah so and the only other one I want to chat about and then I've got something else I want to talk with you about is okay. and I, I've lost it on my schedule here but look it up um, it's called first timers yeah. And um, uh, and which really should be called the future of the SCCA. Um, it's yeah. it's a it's a session about um, Tuesday morning how to engage with new members um, and younger members and and talk with uh, ways to keep folks around because you know you got you got a couple gray hairs I got a couple gray hairs you know we're not going to be available to be leadership in this club forever. Right. And and we need to make sure that we've got a way to start, you know, really getting people to come on board, not just for a season or two because they want to step into something else. Uh, we want people to come aboard. We've got a couple of members out here in in Cal Club, uh, a couple of young young racers who who don't have really aspirations. Maybe they do, but they they know the reality of going pro. And right. and they, they know their future is in club racing and they've embraced that. And mm -hmm. and that's fantastic. We don't have enough of those members right now. And yeah. um, um, we're that's that will be a great session there. So um, just so much good stuff. So much good stuff. Abby, Abby is excited about doing that. She has done such a bang up job this year uh, connecting with all of our region leaders. Uh, I mean, we've put in completely new processes for chartering their regions and doing all the things that they need to do with the national office to stay valid, to stay legit. Right. And she's developed such great relationships and such trust with those folks. And so she wants to make sure that new region leaders and even ones that have been around the block a few times um, know what they can do and what's, what they're, what, what the processes allow them to be, to be capable of doing. Because so many people, like you just said, Oh my gosh, I had no idea that we did that. Right. Right. All right. Is there anything else convention related that we should share with people? Um, go to SCCA.com to register. Yep. SCCA.com. The about 
tab and you can go right in and and, uh, and register and you can see the uh, the full agenda you can start uh, plugging that in you can download the app uh, on your phone or tablet or on your your desktop right um, it's free everything else you need to to uh to, to get yourself involved yep engaged it's, it's free did i say that again it's it free. Is free it's free it's free there is uh, nothing in racing that's free. This is I know. This is as close to 100% free. I guess technically been. it's not free. It's part of your membership. You have to be a member to, 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 to be involved. But if if you're listening to this podcast, first of all, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a member, okay, come on. What, what yeah. are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting on? What are you waiting for? You get a magazine. You get to go to races. You get to meet great people who like cars. Um, uh, there's a whole... And and you get a packet when you become a member. I'm going to proselytize for a moment. Yeah, I'll let you. I I don't I don't uh, I don't try to talk about religion because I think that's a, but but there I have two religions that I follow, motorsports and music. There you okay? go. Music is my. I, I tell people music is my church. Um, yeah. The, the racetrack is my is is my is is one of my my churches. Um, but when you when you become an SCCA member. You get a thing in the mail with a card on it. That card does two things. First of all, you can walk into any SCCA event anywhere in the country, show them that card, and you are going to immediately become family. We've talked about this a lot on the show. Here's yeah. the one thing we haven't talked about on the show. Also, once you like this card shining, you, you, you play with it, like, I'm a member. But <laughs> look at the other stuff in that envelope. There are enough member benefit coupons that you could pay for your membership. Oh, a couple of times over. Just by utilizing the discounts. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's no excuse. Yep, <laughs> if you're, listening, you're exactly right. If you're listening to the podcast and, and, I'm, exactly right. and I'm not getting paid by the SCCA to do that. But if you'd like to pay me, SCCA, <laughs> <laughs> you know my address. No, uh, I'm not getting paid to say it. You know, I've I've spent my 80s. Well, it wasn't 80 when I started in 1986. Um, and my dad paid for it for the first couple of years. And that was with your region dues. Yes. Yes. Um, it's a little more now, but um, not a lot. If you look at inflation, our our oh. our member benefit, our membership has not grown with the pace of inflation over the last 35 years. I guarantee you. Yeah. Um, and uh, and if you're a worker. You could even get some of your membership paid for. Absolutely. So that's a whole nother program that we're going to talk about on another podcast. I'm surprised we haven't yeah. talked about it already. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, before we move on to two other things I want to talk to you about, um, anything else for the convention we should cover? I think we're, we're just excited that we're doing it one more time live like this uh, virtually, and we really hope people will will chime in and, uh, and engage with, with, uh, with the club. Right. And even if you don't think you can sit in during the scheduled times, still, um, still, still register. You, yep. you, you won't need to register to get access to the sessions. But the important part that you do get about by registering is you will get some updates and it'll, you'll, you'll get some information about the sessions that maybe you won't be able to watch live. It'll help you decide which ones to spend your time on uh, yep. down the road. So um, definitely, definitely worth registering. It's worth your time. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to something else. Um, your 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 real job at the SCCA is training, right? Yeah. That's your expertise. That's your that's your superpower. Um, you, you told me before we we went live, 
tried to go live on YouTube before we went live about a leadership award that the club has earned. Can you give me a little more info on that? Yeah, we uh, Mike talked about this at uh, I think his fall president's update and okay. announced it. We haven't made we haven't made a big deal out of it, but well, we should. Um, and we we well, we are absolutely going to talk about it a lot when I when I'm uh, cool. I'm presenting. I've got one session called Engaging with Training. Nice. Uh, uh, we have had a lot of our leaders um, pass their knowledge and their learning on to the next person in line. Right. And some do a great job at that, and some have maybe missed opportunities. And I think we maybe expect people who are holding their hand up saying, hey, I want to be a leader, to know what it means to lead, how to communicate, how to listen, how to give feedback, um, how to be strategic, you know, how to, how to look at all the programs, not just the one you're involved in, how to, how to gather people together and gain commitment and, uh, and things like that. And my background was in all of that. Uh, when I got here and Mike, again, Mike Cobb and I knew each other uh, prior to him becoming president. And he said, that thing you did at Southwest Airlines University, would you come help us? So um, we did a needs assessment and realized what uh, we maybe had an opportunity to help with. And so um, I put together a, a leadership program and we built it and rolled it out at the beginning of 2022. And someone said, hey, you know what? That's pretty cool. You ought to, you ought to put in for this award. And so we gathered our stuff up, sent it into Brandon Hall, who is a huge publisher. And we we won a, uh, a Brandon Hall Excellence Award in leadership development for best advance in leadership development. And that's for the seven modules that we have that are available through our learning management system, which we didn't have before, uh, that leaders, in fact, anybody that holds their hand up and said, I, I, I think I maybe want to be a leader. Um, I'll make sure you get plugged in and you can take these courses. Uh, but that was that's a pretty I mean, companies like Accenture, mm -hmm. Allstate Insurance, Royal Caribbean Group. That's not uh, there an were, award. Uh, there were companies you can't even imagine that we were up against. Right. Uh, and we and we were given this award. That, so it was a pretty big deal. That was the thing that caught me was that that's not an award for just for motorsports organizations. No, that's a worldwide corporate leadership award. Yep. That's yep. very impressive. Volkswagen subsidy won one, a TD Bank, a Salesforce. I mean, some yeah. software folks, some banking people, some, you know, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Google Google Cloud. Right. So we were up against a lot of, of really high folks. We finished on the podium, so I'm very pleased with that. Congratulations. Um, when Don Drennan was on the show, he spilled the beans about something, an FNC training program. <laughs> and you mentioned it also before we came on. What's the status with that? Uh, we are now in final development of the uh, seven modules for that course. Um, and uh, Don's been working with very closely with us for the past four months or so. We still have another probably month left uh, before it's ready for prime time. Uh, concurrently, we've also been working on a solo safety steward training. We did the road rally safety steward in 21 in our leadership courses. And then this whole last year, we've been working on getting these other ones brought up. But the the FNC, the corner marshal training is going to be really cool. And it doesn't take the place of, again, like the live convention, it doesn't take the place of a face-to-face -face mentor relationship with someone who's got the experience can help you do the right things. Right. Online learning is a way to get consistent information to anybody and everybody that wants it in a time that works for them. Right. So that when you show up for an, for an event to get your practical experience, 
you've already got that background knowledge. And uh, that's what we've been working on. So that F and C training is, is really, uh, really, you know, I think it's going to change the, change the scope. Right. And we've got, I don't know, 2000, 3000, 4000 flaggers. Yeah. Um, that we want to make sure that everybody's on the same page and we're doing it all right in the same way. Is that training going to be available only to members? We've not. We, yes. So right now it is, but we've also got a plan in the works with uh, another sanctioning body. Speak of John Doonan. Yep. Uh, is very interested in this and uh, they're very supportive of our efforts in doing this. And around the table at ACUS, which is the automobile yep. competition uh, committee, committee for the United States, right. NASCAR, IMSA, NHRA, USAC, all these other uh, organizations and the SCCA, um, they're kind of looking to us because the best flaggers in the country, in the world, in fact, all got their start at SCCA. And if we can be a part of that, then that just that just makes me feel great. Well, and, and the reason I ask that is because um, I've started and I'm not anywhere near done. There's going to be many years of this podcast to go forward. Um, but I do a thing called SCCA, what I call SCCA University. And yeah. it's it's we've done flagging 101, flagging 201. And I've, I've kind of come up with a progression for yeah. um, how we can do a 101, 201, 301, 401, just like a university does their programs yeah. um, for our different specialties and our different programs. And yeah. what I think is important for that, and this is why I asked if it was only available to members, is that kind of stuff on the open internet is yeah. a fantastic training tool. Yeah. Because not training tool, recruiting tool. Yes, um, it is. Because, because a, a lot of people are afraid to make that first phone call. A lot of people don't know where to make that first phone call, or where to write that first email. And some people are just voracious consumers of information. They want to know as much as they can before they put their little toe in the water. And and that's why um, it, I think that maybe what I'm doing could be kind of the 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 appetizer yeah. to your main course of something yeah. deeper for when people get into the club. Because Absolutely. because the more we can put out there to get let people understand how accessible we are, you know, I think that's a big has always been you know, the, the secret car club of America that we always roll our eyes about is that people might not understand. I, I don't believe we were this. I, I've never believed we were the secret car club of America. Let's start with that. If you're a car person and you're into racing, most people knew who we were, but I don't think where I think we fell short was making it really clear how accessible the club was and right. how easy it was to get involved and to be more than just a person sitting on a bleacher watching cars go in circles, which I love yeah. doing. Um, yeah. But gosh darn it, the first time you become a participant as a worker or a solo or a track night, it is hook, line, and sinker. I'm telling you. Well, it's, it's amazing you mentioned. So our, our leadership courses are 101, 102, 103, 201, 202, right. 301. So we've got that with the leadership courses. So what we're trying to do right now is is establish the baseline for right. all F and C, for all quarter marshals. And when that's done, then we can add a chapter in on FIA flagging. Right. We can add a chapter in on when you go to this sanctioning body or this track, here are some differences. Right. We can and you can earn then uh, because since it's on our learning management system, 
we can track all of your training and we right. can track your scores in your assessments, right? In your quizzes and your final exam. Um, we'll also have a chapter that's being, it'll be developed very, very soon uh, about EVs, about electri uh, electrical vehicles, electrified right. vehicles. That's going to be have to be something that we have that, that people need to go to. Yep. Um, there, there are things that shouldn't live in the LMS, like um, how do I be a, 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 a worker at a solo event? That needs to be open to everybody. Right. And that's what because we I'm, have so many. That's that's a low barrier to entry. Right. When you when you look at licensing, you absolutely want some standardization of right. training and knowledge share. And that's I, I think that I think we can absolutely work together on that. That's fantastic. That you know, and, and as I as I like to tell people when when I especially about flagging, um, because that's near and dear to my heart, um, mm -hmm. when IndyCar and Formula One and IMSA look for flaggers. And this yeah. is nothing against other series because I, I do podcasts with another series. I've been involved with several series over the years. I'm not I'm not discounting anything with or, or looking down about other series. But when those yeah. professional series look for the people to stand on the corners of their races, they yeah. look to the SCCA. Absolutely. And in, in some cases, you can't even get on a corner without an SCCA flagging license and right. and, and, it, and these days because there's not as many flaggers there used to be you don't even have to have necessarily a national flagger license right. you know it, you can you can work indycar and imsa races with uh a a um with a regional yeah. flagging license as long as you've been through a little bit of our training they know you've yeah. been taught right something you know and then yeah. you're, you'll always be paired up with more experienced people at pro events um, that is the good part yeah. about pro events. There's usually plenty of flaggers, um, yeah. and they're yeah. from all over the country, which is also cool because you get to meet people from other places and learn how it's done in other places. Oh, it's you know, the best. I, I've been it's involved with racing all over the East Coast and now out in California, and there are nuances. You know what sure we are. what we do out here at Cal Club is very different than what I did when I was at Road Atlanta, and very different right. than what I did when I was the flag chief at New York Region. Um, right. Not very different, but there's little differences. Um, yeah. And it's important to know, and and some are better than others. And I and and now that I've been all around, I try to do the best of all of those things. Yeah. Um, and um, um, that was what was the fun part when I talked with when I did the Flagger One Hundred One with Don. Is we talked about some of those regional nuances and how I liked one better and he liked another one better and 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 that's okay. But um, but yeah, I mean that's one of the really great perks that come from being a flagger with the SECA is that yep. we are kind of in the North, well, kind of in, in North America, we're looked at as the, the measure to, to, um, you know, to how we, how flaggers are measured is measured against our system. And that's 75, 80 years worth of yep. credibility. Absolutely. So that's long-term stuff. That's not, it didn't just happen overnight. I mean, they mentioned it in Ford Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Chris, it's a pleasure. I wish that we would have connected earlier because I think there's probably a lot more we could talk about. I'm not going anywhere, man. Yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, let's circle a date on the calendar in six months and find out something else to talk about because this has been a lot of fun. There will be a lot to talk about. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate what you do for the club. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. I enjoy it. If you haven't guessed, I enjoy it a little bit. I do. And I like hanging around with people like that. That's too cool. All right. That's going to do it for another episode of Inside the SCCA. We didn't quite manage the live YouTube broadcast, but we will get to that probably in two weeks. I got a couple of gremlins I clearly have to clear up here. Um, but anyway, if you like what you heard and 
maybe saw without any audio, um, subscribe to the Racing Wire Podcast Network and the Racing Network on YouTube so you don't miss any episodes. Leave a comment, especially if it's a good one. And if you want to troll me for the audio, that's fine too. On social media, it's Racing Wire Net on Twitter. Inside the SCCA is new every week. I'm Brian Belansky. Have a fantastic weekend and go play with cars. I'm Abby Shear, and when I'm on my way to an autocross, I listen to the Inside the SCCA podcast. Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests and not that of the SCCA.